one mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice. Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscience, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owen. And I am DT, and this is the One Mic, One Voice show. Oh, it's so nice to be back in the studio. I know, and it's been like a year, right? <laughs> it seemed like a it year. Like yeah, we, we both we both looking at uh, at Richard. And trying to figure out uh, why we can't get in the studio. What the heck is going on, folks? (laughs) We are back. We are so excited. Um, And me and DT, we were at uh, Juneteenth yesterday. Man, you know, that's like only one event that we've we've covered since the last time we've been able to be in the studio. But yeah, Juneteenth was amazing. I got a chance to see a lot of uh, different um, activities, lots of people out uh, enjoying the Juneteenth celebration, uh, music, food, all the nines. Yeah, it was it, w- it was great, and um, and uh, I I guess I have to mention there was some some drama uh, afterwards. After really, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, a shooting. Actually. Really, yeah. Uh, after the event had left and people were leaving. Supposedly there was an argument over because the traffic is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some mm-hmm. argument over, and supposedly uh, somebody left in their car, came back, and just shot in the crowd, mm-hmm. and somebody got hit. Um, They're the, mad about the, the traffic, man. Folks mad about <laughs> anything, man. You, you know, you know what? I, I'm gonna tell you a, um, an honest story. Just like I was leaving there, right? And just like you're talking about the traffic situation in the parking lot, there was like one way to go in. And one way to go out. And so after all the cars had started to fill up the parking lot, there were still cars trying to get in and uh-huh. other people trying to get out. And I was in that line of cars waiting to get out. Okay. And for like five seconds, I had like a really bad attitude. Like, man, <laughs> I didn't shoot anybody. Right, <laughs> but right, I, could, right. I, could, I could potentially see where, you know, somebody a little less... Uh, able to control themselves might have might have pulled but out this is this is a problem I have is there there's the the stigmatization of the black community centering around black events and um they did the news did not report mm. that um the news did not report that it happened after the event it reported you know that it happened no. at the Juneteenth event right Mm-hmm. There's a difference after and during the event, right? Um, and so again, you get this this feeling that black folks can't come together without uh, some sort of violence taking place, uh, but it's perpetuated. That was um, one of the um, one of the positives that I was working on when I was there. It's like, man, you know, we've been out here all day, and there have been like no problems. Nobody's gotten into arguments, fights, anything, but. I mean, now you just broke the bad news to me. Man, the heat alone yeah, we, we talk, made me oh. want to punch somebody. I'm going to keep it real, man. That. The heat was like, man, I had to peel my clothes off when I got home, man. I'm like, what is, what's, what's crazy, man? And, um, but folks, listen, we have a great show. I, I just want to touch for a moment, just for a moment on Philando Castile, man, and what happened to him. And the verdict. So the verdict came out on last Friday. 
um, Hispanic officer who shot and killed Philando Castile in his car in front of his daughter was acquitted of all charges. Not one charge, not two charges, all charges. You know, we have to do a show on uh, the legal system and how the how the Supreme Court, as well as state and local government, look look at police policing and the lack of accountability in it. We have to do a show on that because I think people will be I think we're I think I have come to the conclusion that our fight we can march as much as we want to. We can work. scream as much as we want to. We 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 can do all of that. But unless we change laws, the laws are too general when it comes to this. It's impossible impossible to convict a police officer. And what's scary is this. That guarantees us that more black and brown people will die. Somebody right. mentioned on your Facebook post um, in regard to the was comment nice? you made about, you know, pretty much what is it going to take? And somebody oh, yeah. commented that it would be an officer testifying against another officer in no situation. So how do you think that might play out? I think that would work, but it never happened. <laughs> I think it would work. Mm-hmm. I think that is probably the quickest answer instead of changing changing the laws and the statutes that exist right now. But it's never going to happen. Man, come on. How many how many people <laughs> Yeah, we can go all the way back to Rodney mm-hmm. King, man. We can go back. Come on. I mean, how how many opportunities have the quote unquote good cops had to make a difference? Now, if you think all of a sudden somebody's just gonna wake up and go, you know what? I wanna change this system. You know, I, I, I got something I wanna sell you. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, some swamp land that you can't build on and I want to sell it to you because if you believe that <laughs> it's not going to happen man I mean we we have to we have to be realistic about it but I want to take and listen to um uh brother Philando's mother um and her response to it and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it let's roll it and I will continue to say murdered because we're in this planet do you tell the truth and you be honest and you still be murdered by the police of Minnesota while you have your seatbelt on and you're in a company with a woman and a child? My son would never jeopardize anyone else's life by trying to pull a gun on an officer and the gun was not fire ready. These are some of the facts that came out in the trial and I am so very, 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 very disappointed in the system here in the state of Minnesota because nowhere in the world do you die from being honest and telling the truth. The system continues to fail black people, and they will continue to fail you all. Like I said, because this happened with Philando, when they get done with us, they're coming from you, for you, for you, and all your interracial children. Y'all are next, and you'll be standing up here fighting for justice just as well as I am. I am so disappointed in the state of Minnesota. My son loved this state. He had one tattoo two on his body and it was of the Twin Cities, the state of Minnesota with TC on it. My son loved this city and this city killed my son and the murderer gets away. 
People have died for us to have these rights, and now we're devolving. We're going back down to 1969. Damn! What is it going to take? I'm mad as hell right now. Yes, I am. My firstborn one son died here in Minnesota. Wow. Um, man, I can, I can hear. What, what I would title that, D, is righteous anger. And I want to say to our listeners, please comment on the show. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, we, we're going to come back. We're going to visit this. But let me just say this. We need to have some righteous anger, right? And, you know, people say don't advocate violence. <laughs> man, he ain't here. Dead man don't talk. He's gone. A human being with a life. His daughter in the car, man, seeing her, her, mm. her father killed. I mean, it's still out there for everybody else to see it. You know, that's the, the troubling thing, too. You can watch a murder on TV live. You can. That's live. the reality these, these days. No, it's it's true reality, right? And, um, and man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond tired. I'm beyond frustrated, man. I'm beyond all of that. Because how long... Can we sit back at a, as a society and allow for black and brown and mainly black and brown men get choked out, shot in the back? Walter Scott shot in the back six, seven times in South Carolina. How, how long, man, can we can we actually say that we are a civilized society and let this continue on? And like I said in my post, I could be next leaving this studio. That's how that's that's how real this is. And um we're gonna come back to this, folks, but I'm gonna say this. We have a man, we got a great show, D. You gonna lighten the mood a little bit? Man. Or not so much. Uh we're gonna nah, not at <laughs> not at first. <laughs> but we're gonna try to get there though. All right. Man, but we got a studio guest and another guest. Mm-hmm. But we got a studio guest in the, in in one mic, one voice. We so excited she's about we don't know a, what to she's do. She's actually been a call in uh guest as well. Man, she is sitting here in the studio. And we are excited. Uh folks, when we when we come back, we're gonna get into this thing called Love Beyond Race. Love Beyond Race. Folks, hang in there. Get your uh special Father Day. Mix. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everyone out there, and we will be right back. This is Richard Taplin, host of Blackest Studios, The Black Box. Join Elijah Belly and myself as we interview entrepreneurs as they share their stories of passion and how it motivates them to strive forward. We also explore new topics on self-improvement. If you want to listen to our show, simply search Blackest Studios on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or Stitcher. And be sure to follow us at Blackest Studios on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to catch all the shows that record here at Blackest Studios, simply go to the website, blackenstudios.com. And remember, it's Blackest.
This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie. And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to One Mic, One Voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. Welcome back to the One Mic, One Voice show, building the collective conscious. You know, in the studio, oh man, I have been waiting on this for a very long time. And, you know, I, I what first captured me about the guest I'm going to introduce right now <laughs> is, you know, sometimes people post things that are just, you know, I mean, they're, they want attention, they're out of control, they mad at somebody. I mean, just crazy stuff. But every now and then you run across somebody that posts some things, man, that are socially conscious, that speak to the heart of what's going on in our society. And, um, and I listen, right? And as I listen, um, I begin to observe a critical thinking person and – when I reached out to her and and I found out not only is she educated, okay, uh, but she's also a model, you know, let's put that on top of that. Um, but, I mean, just, man, I mean, just in tune with um, the difficulties of this life. And then when I found out she was young, I was like, man, this right here is uh, something we definitely want to have on the One My One Voice show. And so we we reached out. Nikki Miller's in in the house with us today. We reached out. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we reached out. Uh, She called in. And, uh, man, I remember that show, man. We got a lot of great responses um, from our listeners um, and also, before you say anything, Nikki, we got Brother Michael Etz, right? Yeah. In the studio with us. A great name, by the way. You know, Michael means one who is like God, actually. And um, and so, uh, you know, he is her boyfriend. Um, and he's in the Navy. I was in the Navy. Brother's name, Michael. My name. We got some good things going here, right? They both wearing a hat, and too, by the way. Both. <laughs> I want to mention that. We both wear hats. <laughs> I had on my badge hat. I said we were rival hats. But, uh, man, I mean, a, uh, just a real smooth brother um, going into an aviation career uh, in the only armed forces that we have, which is United States Navy. Okay. I said it. I said it. The only one we have. But see, I ain't got nobody in here to debate me. Y'all yeah, ain't been in the service. Can't so. chime in on that. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're so fortunate to have both of them here with us. Uh, welcome, Nikki. Welcome, Brother Michael, to the One Might, One Voice show. Mm, thank you thank for you. having thank me. You. So, uh, so, you know, first of all, say, you know, we, we've talked about you, Nikki, a lot on this show. So I'm sure some of our regular listeners uh, have heard your name before and know a little bit something about you. But if you could just, uh, in a snapshot, talk a little bit about your background and, um, and um, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, my God. Every time you ask me to do this, I get so embarrassed. Okay. Um, uh, well, I went to Baylor for my undergraduate studies for neuroscience. It was pre-medical. Um, while I was there, I published an article about the lateralization differences between males and females. 
uh, and that became published. And then the following year, I became the editor of the same journal I was published in. And I graduated 2015 um, from Baylor with my Bachelor's of Science. Credentials. <laughs> Credentials. <laughs> Brother Michael. Uh, sadly, I can't stack up to anything as great as that. But uh, there's not, not there's not a lot. Um, 24 mm. just joined the United States Navy, as mentioned before. Um, enjoying my career so far as an aviation machinist mate. So far, I'll be working on um, the FA 18, FA EF Super Hornets. Get to have fun doing that. Absolutely. And you know what's 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 so. I think interesting about um, what Brother Michael is not telling you is at his age, he's going to be entrusted with some of the most expensive, sophisticated equipment that the Navy has. And when I look back on my career, man, I say, man, how, how did they trust it? me, man? I was like 20 some years old, man. I'm like, but it, 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 it's an awesome responsibility and it just shapes character. And so I applaud you for that. Now, we're talking about today love beyond race. And we're really getting into, uh, you know, Nikki is white. Brother Michael is black. I'm black. Been black all my life. Mm-hmm. Same D, here. You black. I mean, all the time. Richard. Every time. I don't know Richard. Richard, Richard one of them biracial brothers. No, we don't know. Put the rumor out there. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> People are gonna be man. I didn't know Richard was biracial. <laughs> no, folks, he's not. He's black. Okay, uh, but anyway. So, um, but this controversy, right? This idea of uh, blacks loving blacks and whites loving whites, and you can't be in relationships with one another. Um, it was not like this from the from the beginning. That's right, Mike. You know, sort of from the beginning, when the, when the first blacks got here in 1619, they were actually uh, joined by whites uh, as indentured servants. Uh, they both worked alongside each other, lived together, um, you know, had families, grew crops together, all these different things. Um, with, that's where we actually get the term uh, mulatto children from when mm-hmm. these people were cohabitating and having children together. Uh, in the 1650s, the colonies of Virginia and Maryland passed laws concerning black and white indentured servants. White servants who could actually buy their freedom um, and black servants who automatically became slaves. Uh, in 1661, Maryland became the first colony to pass laws prohibiting marriage between black men and white women. The law stated diverse freeborn English women, forgetful of their free condition and to disgrace and to the disgrace of our nation, do intermarry with Negro slaves. It's interesting. So from the <laughs> beginning, right? Uh, and to the disgrace of our nation. Disgrace of our nation, right? Um, but from the beginning, you have this sort of uh, uh, relationships between blacks and whites and blacks and Indians and Indians mm-hmm. and whites. And we have this thing called slavery, and then we had this uh, Supreme Court case, which which was um, Pace Pace versus um, uh, Alabama, which uh, the plaintiff Tony Pace, an African American man, and Mary Cox, a white woman, were residents of the state of Alabama. Get this, who 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 had been arrested in 1881 because their sexual relationship violated the state anti uh, miscegenation statute. 
they um, they were charged with living together in a state of adultery or fornication, and both sentenced to two years imprisonment in the state penitentiary in 1882. You know, this miscegenation uh, laws were marriage or cohabitation between two people from different racial groups, especially in the U.S. between a black person and a white person. And in 1868, the Supreme Court ruled unanimously that state laws prohibited, um, uh, which were uh, unconstitutional. Um, yes, this, we all disagree Right. So um, we have uh, we have this this taboo or even beyond taboo, this idea of um, it being against the natural order of things in the United States and against the law and against the law. Right. So, um, in the studio again, Nikki and brother Michael, this, you two are in a relationship. Um, talk about a little bit about, first of all, growing up, how did you view you both from Texas? Is that correct? Or you originally from, uh, I'm originally here from Oklahoma city. That's right. You're from Oklahoma city. So what what were your ideas? What were your thoughts about race in general and then, you know, dating other people outside your race? Who goes first? Okay, I will go first then. Um, the school I went to when I was little, like elementary school, middle school, all of them, uh, they were super, super diverse. So it never seemed obvious to me that, like, people who didn't look like me weren't supposed to be around me. So, like, most of my friends, I think I've actually talked about it on the show before, but uh, most of my friends growing up were actually black. My second family that I would have considered, like, my mom that was there when my mom couldn't be was a black family, and I hung out with them all the time, every day. She called me her daughter when she could and stuff like that. So, um, it was, it was like, nothing to me. Like, I didn't care at all. Well, Michael? And for me, it's really, I never really thought about it because... My grandparents are interracial. One is black. My grandmother's black. My grandfather's a Native American. Uh, another relationship would be my cousins. He's black, and his wife is Vietnamese. So, as well as much as my friends, they have always dated interracially. So I've never really thought, you know, what, why, why do y'all do that, mm-hmm. or anything such as that. So I've never really had an issue with it. And you know what? It, it, w- listen to you both talk. It's about experience, mm-hmm. right? The experience that you had growing up, and I think that's that's a beautiful experience because you know, I mean, when you when you're not when when you're not your your view is not so skewed, you know, when you're able to look at the world in a very naive way, really, and not be taught to look at the world in a certain through a certain lens. I think we develop like that, right? Yeah. Um, However, uh, there's something else going on around you. While you may view that, you got others around you, right? Other young folks around you that didn't. Did you run into situations, although you went to, Nikki, a diverse school, did you run into situations where it made you think like, well, you know, this is, this is wrong, or why does this person feel that way, or why are, the, why are these people, you know, saying these things or looking at me? I mean, did you have... Any of those experiences that made you start to really define race in a in, in a more holistic way? Mm. No, not really. Um, 
the entire time that I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, mm -hmm. it very inclusive, very open. Uh, I think we were the 11th most diverse school in the nation or the state, something wow. like that. Hmm. Um, no, it was never like pinpointed to me. Um, and a lot of people have that saying where they're like, I don't see color, but I feel like that's not true. You do, mm -hmm. and either you care or you don't care. Mm. And so, I mean, literally not seeing it would actually be being blind. And I'm not blind. I'm just open. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, there were no moments that I would have been like, this is like a racially important moment for me. Okay. Somehow it never happened. For you, never happened? No. So, 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 so let's, let's come current then, right? And given the, the understanding that you have of race in this country now, um, what are the challenges that you think exist uh, in a um, in an interracial relationship? Not just black, white, but Asian, uh, you know, Native American, so forth. What what have you faced? What thoughts do you have? Well, just from we've been together like two months, mm -hmm. kind of. We've been friends for like ever, mm -hmm. almost feels like. Um, but in the course of the relationship for the past, like, two months or so, I've gotten actually, like, from people who aren't close to me, mm -hmm. like, people who may follow me because of my modeling, stuff like that, they are supportive, but there are quite a few that will come towards my inbox mm -hmm. and tell me things like, why him? Mm -hmm. Out of all of the attractive, successful white men you could possibly <laughs> date, like, why would you date him? Or... um they ask worse questions than that that I don't really want to get into. But um, so that kind of gets to me, not gets to me like it bothers me, but it gets to me like, why do you have to say that? Like, why do you think that? What makes you feel that way? And then I always do my best to try to be like educating them on why. Like, it doesn't matter what he looks like. It doesn't matter what color he is, things like that. And a lot of the times they'll be like, you know what, whatever, if that's just how you feel. And I'm like, well, it is how mm. I feel. Like, yeah. I don't have to really, like, is it a surprise that's how I feel since this is the conversation we're having about my boyfriend? Like, yeah. um, but some of them aren't shy, though. Some of them will actually comment on the pictures publicly mm. or um, they'll, like, call him out and actually say something about him. And those are the ones that I'm not as nice to. Yeah. Because clearly they don't care how other people see them. So I'm just going to tell them how I feel right there, the way that they told me how they feel. And they're usually not as nice. Mm -hmm. They're not usually the ones that are going to be like, oh, if that's how you feel, then okay, cool. No, they're the ones that are going to use stay the... up all night on Facebook texting you back and forth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're the ones that are derogatory. They're the ones that like... They're the, they're the ones that like I to stir. before I go to bed. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's, the, it's them. <laughs> And, um, Brother Michael, I mean, there is, you know, and I'll, I'll bring out these arguments, right, that uh, that will say, you know, uh, all our best and black men are with white women, mm -hmm. right? You've heard that, right? Yeah. And um, so, 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 how, how, you know, how, how do you look at this thing, man? I mean, how do you? I don't know, because I was always... Sometimes my mom, they would say jokingly, my mom and my sister, you date a black girl, date a black girl. You always like these, you know, white girls, Asians, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, they've always taught me, you know, just love who you love, mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. She's white, black, mm -hmm. Asian, all that. So that's pretty much kind of what I've always done. Because I've talked to black girls. I've talked to white girls. 
Asian, Mexican, so. Universal, brother. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I'm, I'm saying, what you're talking yeah. about is in and having that kind of relationship with your family where it's mm-hmm. open. <laughs> Or in other cases, people are really sacrificing those friendships and families for mm-hmm. their partner. So your parent or friend may put you in a position to choose, you know, do you want to be with them or do you want to be with us? You know, and so you have to decide at that point what's more important, your relationship or your happiness or your own uh, path in life or this family or friendship. That's kind of pulling you away from everything that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, I want to get into that um the family dynamics and uh, and the friend dynamics, but I want to want to get into that and see how uh, that can be a challenge. But also, folks, uh, attitudes are changing, uh, and we're going to talk about that when it comes to uh, uh, to um, interracial relationships. And there is no pure race anyway, so right, maybe, right, maybe right. we get down to that here in a minute <laughs> too. But but folks, hang in there. We'll be right. This is DT of the One Mic, One Voice podcast. just want to let you guys know you can go over to iTunes and search us at One Mic, One Voice and be sure to rate and review our episodes. Let us know about any feedback that you have and what you enjoy about the episodes. Also, you can go over to Stitcher where you can get the latest and freshest episodes of our podcast. Stream directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. How cool. Real smooth. Also, we'd just like to take the time to thank you for your time and for your energy and for spending time with us as we discuss the historical record of our time. This is Dr. Laura Gelat, and when I listen to podcasts, I always listen to the One Mic, One Voice show. Welcome back. Uh, Yo. When we went to the break, 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 um, and and let me see. Hold on a second here. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a little time because, folks, if you are a Patreon customer, we going afterwards. We're gonna go to the after party, and let me tell you, today the after party gonna be crazy because Nikki and brother Michael here. So we really gonna get down in the after party. So if you if you're not a Patreon customer, you want to sign up like now. ASAP, <laughs> get your credit card out, go there and sign up, because I'm telling you, it's going to be worth the listen. But, you know, family, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. Not everybody in our families agree with these decisions, right? And uh, we have to make choices on who we love. I mean, it, it happens to our gay brothers and sisters all the time, right? I mean, they, yeah. they have to make choices on who they love. So talk a little bit about if you've had any family experiences. I haven't had any personally, but on Nikki's side, her yeah. her father absolutely can't stand the idea of me dating her. Mm. I mean, I've, I haven't even met the guy yet. I've attempted to, and this guy went as far as to absolutely did everything to not speak to me. Mm-hmm. Like within mm-hmm. 10 feet of each other, he did everything. Like he talked to her grandmother. He wouldn't make eye contact with me. He wouldn't give me a chance to just walk up to him and shake his hand and introduce myself as far as that. And as soon as he found out that we were dating, he sent her a bunch of statistics of, like, 
all fake. Keep in mind these aren't these are not real numbers. Like eighty percent of uh, interracial marriages won't last, and that if her and I decide to have a child, no ma- no other man will want her because her baby is interracial. Mm. So it'll make it twice as hard for her to get back out there and date and get married and such things as that. I believe he's also gone as far as to. As you said earlier, like make the choice of mm-hmm. who you, who do you want in your life? You want me or your new new boyfriend? Mm-hmm. If you choose him, then I'm going to cut this, this, and that off, and all you have is just that. So, I haven't had any personal issues, but as far mm-hmm. as like having to support her through that, that's mm-hmm. one thing so Man. far as dating her. That's deep, bro. Because that's that. I mean, that's at the heart of of what we're talking about here today. So. Um, you know, and my heart goes out to both of you. Um, the first thing I, I want to ask is, h- how are you dealing with that, Brother Michael? I mean, internally, how how are you dealing with that? I mean, I deal with it fine because, right, you know, growing up mostly, as y'all know, in black households, you're kind of mm-hmm. taught how to deal with that situation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, she's already met them. I have a, a group of people who are like a second family to me, mm-hmm. and they're all white. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, their dad, about the same way, he's had a bad experience with black people, but he sees me as like a second son now. So I I believe if I can just get the chance, I can maybe, you know, get him to see a different side of me to where he's like, okay, maybe, you know, it's all right. I don't see him as that bad. But as of right now, it's about as not going anywhere with it. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, and D, I, I know D want to pipe in here. Let, let me, let me say this. Um, number one, uh, I don't know him, but what I will say is uh, that's him, not you, number one, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, he should desire to know you. He should desire to, um, to get to know this young man that his daughter is in this relationship with. That's his loss, right? Mm-hmm. Um and uh, so the the strength of character in which you have to show is uh, you just have to remember that uh, these are things that are outside of your control and you do what you do uh, and everything else. If he, if he comes around, whatever, right? If he doesn't, it's still whatever because really it's in his ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't, you can't, you can't live your life trying to validate yourself to someone else, right? Yeah. Like if I just, if he just sees this side of me, everything might be cool, right? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You don't have to validate yourself to him. Uh, if he wants to be human and open up and receive you, then that's a different thing. But you are good enough where you are at right now, right? Mm. Um I don't know if you want to add something. Let me piggyback yeah, back yeah, just a yeah, second yeah. because, I mean, obviously, man, you have value already, you know, even aside from having to prove yourself to these other people. Her friends, her family, her following are all, like, on the outside of who you are because they don't know you, you know. Yeah. And so she may know to the extent of a great person you are, but on the outside it's always, like, that noise and, like, man, how do I convince these other people that I'm just as, as a, a diamond in in the eye of whoever than I am to myself. But, you know, like, like Mike is saying, you know, there's, there's value there. And even us as you know African-Americans who decide to delve into other areas of life where we're not necessarily seen as normal, 
you know, there's there's that weight you carry just with that alone, you know, having to prove that you deserve to be in that realm of existence. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Nikki, you're showing a strength of character because, obviously, you're still with Brother Michael. Um, and I applaud you for that. Oh, I but, dare someone to try to get me to not be with him. <laughs> but I want you to talk about your reaction to all of this and your thoughts. Well, um, like I said, growing up, a lot of the people who came around my house that I hung out with, they, were, they weren't white. And my dad would kind of um, – he would kind of say a few little things like little tiny hits here and there that kind of started the whole idea that maybe my dad's not totally cool with them. Mm. And the older I got, the more I guess he could, he thought that I could understand where he was coming from. So he'd be more vocal about these types of feelings. And the more I was like, this is so stupid. I was like, no, I don't, I don't agree with whatever it is that he was trying to get me to believe. And, um, and so now that like I'm a full adult, and I'm making 100% my own choices. And um, actually, uh, the boyfriend before last was also African-American. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't freak out the way that he did with Michael. And I think it's because he saw that that relationship wasn't – it was an m- immature relationship. It wasn't going to be very solid for very long. Um, and there's something different about Michael. He He has this presence that, like, he's there for a purpose – and like if he's here he cares and i think that's why my dad is like oh god no he actually wants to stay like he wants to be around for a while and so i think that's why my dad is so upset about michael versus the last one because he knows that this actually might turn into something that he'll have to deal with like if we get married if we have kids like this is going to be the person that he might have to stick around with and so i'm a little surprised at how strong he's coming on with his hatred Mm. um i laugh just because man it's just so unlike him to be this open about it but um i mean i could care less what he says i'm really good at ignoring the things that he says because he's done it my whole life do you think i'm sorry to interrupt you do you think anything going on in the mainstream media right now is influencing your father's feelings or maybe reinforcing something that he felt about uh black people in general that is having some you know, pushback on Michael. No, it's all from his past, I think. Mm-hmm. When he was younger, he grew up, he was born and raised in Detroit. So he grew up in a, a fairly bad area. And when we were growing up, I remember him telling me a few stories about run-ins that he had with um, him and his brothers would be walking home or something, and a group of black kids would come up and harass them. And I remember one story was about them getting jumped for no reason and I think it's just like how I was talking about earlier when I was a kid my personal experiences those were his personal mm-hmm. experiences so uh, as you said you are making your choices and you are determining uh, and and who you should love and who you should not love and I think that's a beautiful thing um, now so what what <laughs> you know Probably on the surface, one one could say, what advice would you give to other young folks? But, you know, this is a problem that not just young people have, but older people have, right? Your dad is older, right? And so as you walk through life, if, if, if this is the direction that both of you are facing, um, have you have any thoughts about, um, you know, your military experience, uh, you know, having kids and. And, um, you know, how does that play out? 
in in this polarized you know i think we again i think we're more polarized now even when i was growing up to be honest with you um but any thoughts i mean have you have you thought that long into uh, uh your your future narrative together <laughs> yeah we talked about it a few times for instance like i've i've uh set my permanent duty station to be in uh Virginia Beach. Okay. Since that's one place you would like to move in the future. I was there. The Bay. I can tell you all about it. Tell you what not to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, one of her favorite cities on the East Coast okay. is Boston. Okay. So I know me moving there made mm-hmm. it very easier to come and see me yeah. while I'm over there. We can mm-hmm. drive a couple of hours to go to Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about having children we've mm-hmm. we've really been openly communicating about a lot of things yeah and anything there is possibly mm-hmm. to talk about mm-hmm. well i mean uh in in, in as, as d kind of pointed out this um this context in which the relationship interracial interracial relationships are happening nowadays is extremely polarized right we have this extreme I think almost racist government, right? Uh, this conservative, yeah. even in Christianity, you have uh, this high level of racism. And I would say this racism, though, is pointed toward immigration, right? Pointed toward, but it's still in the psyche of really. You don't belong. You don't belong, right? And, and, and the the traditional view is that, especially coming from those probably like your dad and others, will view that um, that black men are not worthy to be with white women, right? Yeah. Did I say something that wasn't historical, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's out there, right? So the idea, or you know, you have the you know, I, I was told, man, I was just on the radio, right? And and, and they brought that up. Yeah, Richard was listening, right? And they, they brought this up on the radio, how when a black athlete, you know, uh, or black guys date and marry white women because it improves their status. Yeah, well, first of all, you got to you gotta meet a white woman that got some status, okay? First of all, you know what I mean? If you ain't got no status and she ain't got no status, you get together, how is that going to prove anything, right? Kevin Durant already got status, okay? LeBron, Steph, all these guys that got status, whoever they married, okay, they got status. But you hear these, you you hear um, just the, I think, illogical arguments and racist arguments. I was told one time that uh, black men are with white women because of a slave mentality. I said, well, I, I don't, I'm confused. So explain that to me. So what she told me was, is that black men were not allowed to have white women during slavery time. So now that they can, they, they want them, right? Now, what kind of foolish is that? I mean, let's just be honest, right? Michael I mean, but, but that's the, but that is the, you know that's part of the psyche that is happening in our in our country, and if you're going to be in a relationship like this, you have to learn to navigate through all of it, right? Um, there was a clip that you sent, 
where the guy talked about mm-hmm. um, when they were dating at, at and after they got married, they had kids. He was afraid to put up the pictures of his family in his office because he didn't know what mm-hmm. his management would think. They worried about everything, about buying a house, about where the kids would you know end up going to school or how they would be perceived in um, outgoing grocery shopping. You know, he talked about having to have his wife walk, you know, five or six steps ahead of him just so mm-hmm. it wouldn't seem like they were together, even though they were, but they wanted to keep everything on the hush. So, you know, they kind of did things to protect themselves from what other people may perceive them as or, you know, think they were up to. But, you know, those things are like a stress constantly, you know, even in a relationship now, having to deal with the debates about Black Lives Matter and, um, unfair verdicts in, in, in regard to uh, people of color. You know, how do interracial, interracial relationships have those conversations in a healthy way without it being something that end up tearing you apart, you know, at the end of it all? But, I mean, it is a good question, <laughs> right? It's a good question because both of you... I mean, because uh, both like you, life isn't happening still. Exactly. You know, you are in a relationship, you love each other, but still there is there are things happening on the outside that influence both sides. And both of you are socially conscious, right? And it, it's it's good that... Well, probably Nikki's more socially conscious than you. <laughs> you working on him? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. Working okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta yeah. keep you, up with her. On the, the, yeah, yeah. You I need teach to, him what I know on okay, a daily basis. Yeah, yeah, you need to keep working <laughs> on him. Keep working on him. You'd be good for him in that way. But, you know, that, those sort of conversations, you know, being able to speak to your pain as a black man to your woman who is white and for her to be able to understand that pain, I think is a beautiful thing. Because if not, how would that relationship even function? Right? Yeah, that's very true. I mean, part of how we view the world drives us, right? Mm. And clearly, you know Nikki better than we do, but I can tell she's driven by these social these social issues, right? So how does that conversation happen between uh, you two when it comes to um, social issues? Let us on the inside. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we don't really talk about social issues as far as race, it's usually just like my family because mm. my family's like the biggest part. Right, right. My family's the biggest issue we have. Yeah. Um, and then every once in a while, like I said, random people, followings, stuff like mm. that. Mm. We talk about it, but we mostly like laugh about it. Mm. In all honesty, even with my dad sometimes, like we just, we literally don't care. Mm. It's just, it's really hard to make either of us angry about mm. stuff like this. And so I actually kind of, that makes it easier that he's not a very um, he's not very reactive, and so when things like this happen, it's promising that like it won't get blown out of proportion. I literally can't say that. I know this almost sounds racist in itself, but of my white boyfriends, my white boyfriends would have freaked out. They would have been like, "We need to address this. We need to do something about it. We need to let people know how I feel, how you feel." And I was like, "Why can't we just not?" Mm-hmm. And Michael is like, "Whatever. I don't care." And so my life is so much easier with him. On a personal level, like our our dynamic is smoother. Um, but my dad is obviously looking to make it rough, but he's not. It's not working. And so, so the question is: so you are you are willing to uh, not have a relationship with your father if it if it came down to that, and continue your relationship with brother Mike? Yes, I would mm. probably be okay. Mm-hmm. As far as like giving people up, it's not like 
it's not blood or it's not the amount of time spent. It's the feeling that I get with you now. Yeah. And Michael makes me happy right now. Michael will probably make me happy forever. And my dad doesn't make me happy right now. My dad's actually making me feel worse. He's, and it's not for a good reason either. You have to take into account, like, why would he say something like this? And his reasoning is awful as well. So there's a, there's nothing that he's saying or doing that proves that he's being a good father, or that he's doing this out of love. It's kind of a selfish reason. Like, he doesn't want to have a daughter that's dating someone who's black. Mm-hmm. And so it's not for me. It's for him. And I feel like who I'm dating, the whole conversation should be about, is it okay for me? Is it good for me? Is it healthy for me? Am I happy? And if he's not going to focus on me when it comes to my relationship, then I can I can do without. Well said. Well said. Folks, we're going to come back, uh, sum this up. We have some statistics we want to toss out to you. Um, in America today, how people look at um, these relationships, uh, you will be probably surprised. But we'll be right back. This is Elijah Bailey. This is Richard Taplin. From the Elijah Bailey Show, bringing you all the content that you could ever desire about anime, manga, comic books, martial arts, fitness, and more. You can find us at Elijah Bailey Show on the official Facebook page and also Elijah Bailey Show without the W on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to follow, subscribe, like, comment, and rate on iTunes and Podbean. This is Dr. Paul Ketchum, and I fully support one mic one voice and i recommend you do the same welcome back folks we're having a great show we have nikki and um brother michael in the studio with us oh man yeah it's it's been it's been a tough conversation right Mm um we know from the beginning you know these relationships were not a problem and we know slavery kicked in and Jim Crowism and segregation and all that, um, all of a sudden they became an issue. But today, today, 87% approve of black white marriages versus 4% in 1958. <laughs> so, you, it, folks, if, if you're out there and you're saying, I think this is wrong, you in a, you, you're really in a minority, right? You know, and 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 geography's got a lot to do with it, folks. I'm gonna be honest with you, because there's some hangups in the South that still exist that don't exist in the East, don't exist in the West, don't exist in the Midwest. So uh, don't think where you live, the attitudes may be that way that they're like that everywhere, right? Um, and that's a great statistic. It has been going up favorably since. Um, 1958 but but there's almost a problem with that though right because i then the the other part of me says it should have never been a problem right why was it ever a problem right and why do i even care that it's going up right i just want to love who i want to love right you know know what i mean at the end of the day um but does that does that give you hope to know that um you know nearly 90 percent of uh americans actually believe that um Interracial um, relationships are good for the country. Yeah, I mostly believe so. I would like to see more interracial couples happen more. To be honest, there's a professor out there somewhere that 
um, he was talking to his class and he was talking about race and he's like, honestly, I think we should all just have sex with each other until we're one color. And <laughs> I, I kind of couldn't agree more. Like, I feel like once we get past that, like so many more things can be worked on in this country. Like we're so focused on something as minimal as race yeah. or background, creed, religion, anything that's like a classification, it's, it's not important. And, um, the fact that more and more people are agreeing, like it doesn't matter or even better, like it's good for us, that that's perfect. That's what we need. And, and I mean, getting back to what we said, we would, we would mention there's no pure race, mm-hmm. right? You know, I just did my ancestry DNA. Right. And, um, you know, um, I got 10% um, European, you know, Irish, you know, uh, they say Richard, I told you the eyes. <laughs> but you but but you know, uh majority was uh out of Nigeria. Um but there is no pure race and to be caught up and this is one thing that, that me and DT, I mean, we we just shake our heads, man. We've been shaking our heads for years <laughs> that people are just so caught up with the fact that we simply have more pigment than you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that this that thing way. has just driven the world insane. Um, and, and part of me says that if it wasn't that, then it might be height or it might be you know I mean, shoe size or something. You know, yeah. my shoe's bigger than you. I'm in shoe. I got privilege. Yeah. You know, who knows what what it might be? But I just think it's so silly, right? When we really sit down and have a conversation about it and analyze it. And simply say, man, love who you want to love. Mm. You know, um, you ain't going home with me. You know, you know, you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I, you ain't paying my bills. So why do I really, I ain't turning over looking at you. You know what I mean? Mm. So I really do not care uh, what somebody's opinion is of who I choose to love in my life. Uh, that really don't matter to me at all. Mm. Um, and if you hung up on it, folks. You need some therapy. You need some help. Because the world's changing, right? Uh, Our country's changing. Black and brown. uh, Not just uh, between blacks and whites, but Asians and whites and Latinos and blacks. And the world is becoming multicolored. Get with it. I don't, you know. You know, I almost think there's like a fear because like as people are moving toward... um, it's kind of getting back to my roots era, you know, trying to understand where they come from, what their culture is. There's a divide there in trying to accept somebody else who's outside of that. And so even like you talked about going to get your ancestry done, like that's a fear for some people because they don't want to find out that they have, you know, a little drop of European or yeah. Hispanic or whatever. It's like, man, I'm going to kill myself if I find that I'm not man, all man. black. You I'm, know? Yeah, yeah. About 10 percent, man. <laughs> but it's like I'm that. depressed now. D. <laughs> exactly. Like the I, heck, man. Who am I? Who am I? But it's like it's, it's silly to a point. It's like, man, really? You know, like, can you just be appreciative that you're here in the first place? No doubt. You know, if white people or black people would ever have a chance to decide, then. People will make their choice, but mm-hmm. we didn't. We didn't. I didn't say, "Hey, you know what, man? Zero black. input. I want locks. I want to be six foot tall. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to choose all that, but for whatever reason, it's working out for me. Yeah, 
You yeah. know, and I'm, I'm appreciative of Lots this. Lots of yeah. smooth, though, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah you like touching your life. <laughs> Get off me, man. Um, but, yeah. But check this out. One in seven U.S. infants, 14% were multiracial or multi-ethnic in 2015. Nearly tripled the share in 1980. Hmm. Folks, statistics, man. You, you, you can argue all you want to. Uh, but it's already there. It's already been written, man. It's already if 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 you are a learned person, um, I don't know where you're gonna go. I mean, it's it's it you know, relationships and choices that people make are strictly that. It's the choices that people make and we should respect those, we should get behind it, we should support it. I'm thrilled, to be honest with you, man. I uh you got to be a bad brother. I'll be honest with you, man. Because mm, uh, you know we we we've heard Nikki go in and how she talks, man, and and we've seen the photos and and uh, you're a bad brother, you know. And uh, and I know you are, man, because your name is Michael. You in the Navy? You don't do great things. So hey, I you know it's like I'm looking in the uh, mirror here or something. <laughs> but no, on, on on a serious note, man, I I wish. Both of you uh, must success, not just in your relationship, but also in the, your individual pursuit of your goals in life. Uh, I think you today on One Might, One Voice show have been a great example of what it means to um, stand up for what you believe in, to make a choice, and to live with that choice. Um, I wish more folks uh, your age was like that, really. Any closing words of wisdom, of uh, advice? There's some young people listening right now that, you know, that could be struggling with this. That could be, you know, saying, I, you know, I like him or I like her, but I can't do anything about it because what if something such and such person would say, you know, I mean, what would you say? What would you deliver? What would, what would be that? That positive word. It's not exactly polite, but I'd say screw them. Forget them. <laughs> it, it, they don't matter. If you're happy, yeah. then you're happy. And, I mean, to kind of get a little sad, the last person I dated, I initially dated, I met Michael and the last boyfriend I had at the same time. Mm. And I thought about my family and how the boyfriend before was black. And I was like, maybe if I do... If I go with this other person, my family will be happier, so I'll be happier, and things will go better for me. And I can, without a doubt, say it was the worst relationship I'd ever been in. And it was it stemmed from choosing somebody based on what other people would feel, not what I would feel. And not going to lie, Michael's a little shy, so he didn't even tell me how he felt for the longest time. But um, but I... Step I, it up, brother. Step yeah, it up. For freaking real. But, uh, <laughs> but no, like, if, if I had stuck with my gut and and decided to pursue a relationship with someone who I actually felt comfortable with, who I felt happy with. I I would be 2 years further in a relationship with somebody I ended up in a relationship with anyways, and I wouldn't have had to go through the emotional trauma of dating someone that wasn't meant for me because my family cuz that person was meant for my family, but not for me. That's one that's great advice. Mm. That is solid advice. Talk talk to that to that brother out there that um you know, he's in a clique with some guys that 
that's saying, hey, man, you know, we, we're going back to Africa. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, we focus on black. Um, we, we, you know, we're Afrocentric. And, uh, and he's interested in someone outside of his race. Talk to him, man. Don't send me back to Africa, though, bro. I've been to Africa, bro. Spent six months on the... I, oh, oh, let me slow up now, because we got folks on the continent yeah. listening. Yeah. Love my Kenyan brothers. Love, beautiful. you know, beautiful, bro. I love Africa. Six months there. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, the only thing I can really say towards that is what my cousin Tony taught me is basically love who you love and to not be afraid of that choice you made. Because at the end of the day, the only matter that really feels is what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. So just always follow that. Follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Follow your heart, man. Hey, it's been a great show. Uh, Love Beyond Race, man. I, I Listen. Um, and we I, got the after party. And we got the after party. But, man, I just can't get over the fact that Nikki in the studio with us, she man. here like a whole hour. Man, I'm still, like, <laughs> tripping, right? Uh <laughs> This has been, uh, uh, you know, in the making, man. Not, we we didn't had three stars come through: uh, Jamie, Lauren, Nikki. Mm. Triple threat. We might be. Our jobs might be in jeopardy, man. I, maybe I shouldn't be too happy. I mean, I, your daughter wrote the. Um, well, the you know, song. come on, man. You know that's. You're just gonna give it up like that? You know that's 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 Leah, that's Leah right? Marie, man. That's. <laughs> If I start talking about hey, security because of listen, that alone, <laughs> if I start talking about her, we'd be here for another five hours, <laughs> folks. But listen, it's been a great show. As always, history will speak of us somewhere in the distant future. A scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time, and what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many we became one? Will she find that we solve nothing and remain a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. We can make a difference if we try. We can be the change that's in our life. All we gotta do is work together. We gotta raise our children better. We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate, and spread the love. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. One mic, one voice, you can change the world, it's your choice. Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Blacken Studios. To learn more about Blacken Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Might One Voice show do not reflect the views of Blacken Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Might One Voice show.